Welcome to week one. Welcome to a new season of Cowboys football and welcome to a new season of podcasts here at The Athletic. I'm Kent Garrison producing behind the scenes here at The Athletic NFL and welcoming you in to another season of About Them Cowboys. Our panel has plenty of Rams preview for you later in the week, but got to talk about this roster first. A little bit of news to talk about first, so we'll get to the Rams talk later in the week, but how are you guys liking this Stars March to the Stanley Cup? You liking Saad Yusuf's coverage of it? I know I am. You know our very own Bob Sturm is uh, going to be writing about the Cowboys all season long as well. You can find all that stuff over at The Athletic. So get over there now. Theathletic.com slash about them Cowboys. 40% off. You're going to want that for the whole season. Every sport. We're getting into it. A lot of playoffs happening. A lot of stuff happening over at The Athletic. So get on it now. Theathletic.com slash About Them Cowboys. So now, to welcome in this panel, please welcome from The Athletic, we got Saad Youssef, Father John Mashoda, and your host, Kevin, KT Funpods Turner. Hey now. Thank you, Kent. I appreciate it. And it's really exciting now because we are here. We've done it. We've made it through everything. We actually, we all survived cut day. The four of us did. So that's great. Um, and now, uh, it's a little surreal, but football's happening. It's football week. Holy cow. Um, and there was even a lot of bad college football games. I don't know if you saw that. Um, uh, but here we are now. I, I want to start out with, uh, with John and, and Sod as well. Was there anything that happened on cut day that surprised you? It, to me, it seemed to be a pretty tame, uh, cut day. Uh, given, uh, recent years, we saw what Dan Bailey get cut, you know, things like that. There's usually a shocker. Seemed pretty tame this year, right? Yeah, I'd say the for me, the surprises were some of these undrafted rookie free agents like uh, Sean McCune, the tight end out of Michigan, and then Rico Dowdle, the running back out of TCU. Um, I just did not anticipate that happening. I thought guys, undrafted guys like that would have needed some preseason games to make a 53-man roster. Um, but I also think it's very telling on uh, really what they must have shown special teams wise, because that's where you would use guys like that. That's where you use a third running back who's not really factoring in in the offense, uh, a fourth tight end that is really not going to factor in the offense. It has to be on special teams. So they had to show enough in these practices that John Fossil was like, no, we need these guys. Obviously, this was a bad special teams unit a year ago, one of the worst in the league. And so adding those guys on surprised me a little bit. And then also, I mean, you know, Francis Bernard, uh, another undrafted guy who didn't make it, but then got signed to the practice squad just from, you know, what do I know? Just watching practices. He just stood out in several of these practices. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a guy that makes 53. Like they can use him at linebacker, special teams and all that. And he didn't. And he was one of the cuts. So that one, that one surprised me. Um, But other than that, I agree with you, KT. There weren't, there weren't a ton of big surprises. There certainly was no Dan Bailey. No, I wasn't overly surprised either. I I guess slightly a little bit on keeping three quarterbacks just because you know I felt like you know when you have a backup like Andy Dalton I don't think um, anybody in the NFL is going to come just you know running for Ben DiNucci and and scratch him off you know snatch him off a waiver so um, I I thought you know maybe you stash him there and like like uh, John said you know maybe instead of having DiNucci on the roster you have Francis Bernard on the roster or something like that but um, that was mildly surprising to me but uh but yeah, no, no Dan Bailey type energy this year. Yeah, you know, like an interest, like four tight ends. Uh, you know, re- keeping Sean McKeon, like a a little bit interesting, I guess. Just kind of how you know Mike McCarthy is going to do that. Like your point with the quarterback, that's a McCarthy thing for sure. Things have changed a little bit, maybe. Uh, you know, John mentioned you know Rico Dowdle. Um, it was good to see Luke Gifford make the team. You know, they obviously they waived Francis Bernard, but he made it through waivers and he was a guy who kind of impressed in camp it seemed like would be a special team's body if they needed him down the line um find a way to to keep CJ Goodwin around we know you know his uh, ability on special teams so i think the big news that came out from from you know cut day on saturday was just the fact that you know Lyle Collins is going to miss the first 3 games of the year being put on IR I don't know if I saw that coming. I, I if you would have told me that Lyle Collins was going to miss, you know, opening night, but okay, that makes sense. 
John, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Because I, I didn't see him, uh, you know, missing three games out of this. No, I didn't either. I mean, he started out on the resistance cords on the first day that we got to see training camp practices and rumors started to fly that, yeah, this isn't anything serious. It's more of a conditioning issue. And it, so it made, it kind of made him look bad like that. He, you know, he came into training camp out of shape, you know, which wasn't the case. It's a, it's actually a hip issue. And so we saw him work back in and was doing individual and then team drills. And then all of a sudden one day he wasn't out there. And then this past Thursday, he wasn't out there to start a practice. And then he walked out there about, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes in, and he wasn't in pads or wearing a helmet. He was just in a Jersey and shorts. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. You know, uh, maybe they're just being precautious because covering the Cowboys for a decade now, you just, you come to learn that that's what they're going to do with these veterans. Like they'll give them off days all day long just so that they're ready week one, especially guys like Lyle Collins and Sean Lee, where they're like, yeah, we know what we can get from these guys. Like we don't really need to see them in practice. If anything, we're going to have less practice time. We don't have preseason games. Let's try and see these young guys, see what a Terrence Steele can do at, at offensive tackle, see what some of like Mitch Hyatt and some of these other guys can do there. We already know we have something in Lyle Collins, same thing with the linebacker thing in Sean Lee, but that wasn't the case. They're both dealing with injuries. And now the, IR is different this year. They're not going to be out for the first six weeks. They're only out for the first three. So I think that factored into the decision too. I don't think that uh, Lyle Collins would have been put on the six-week IR. Um, but the three, I think, makes a little bit of sense to them. And then that moves Cam Irving into that starting right tackle spot. He was brought in to be their swing tackle, replacing Cam Fleming. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's not Lyle Collins. I mean, there's going to be some issues there. So they're going to have to make some adjustments. Um, one other thing I wanted to note, Rigo Dowdle went to South Carolina, by the way. I said TCU earlier. That's because they had two other running backs, undrafted guys from TCU. But South Carolina guy that actually, you know, like McCune, like Dane Brugler, like both those guys, thought they would both be drafted, by the way. I didn't want to add that in there. But, yeah, Lyle, that's that's tough, man, because most teams don't have third, fourth good tackles. You know, you're lucky to be like the Cowboys and have two good offensive tackles. So you lose either one of those guys. I mean, that's going to factor into how your offense runs. Well, this is where it, too, it gets a – and again, we'll spend a little more time on the Cowboys injuries and take a, like a, a closer look when we do our episode previewing uh, the game against the Rams later in the week here on The Athletic and about them Cowboys. I, I got to ask you guys, though. So we'll talk about Brandon Carr because the Cowboys are bringing Brandon Carr in. Um, but overall, and I saw John, too, you put up an article that everyone should go check out, kind of ranking, you know, the strength of the position groups. And it's not you know, very hard to to know this, but you go look at it and you go, yeah, last place on that list, safeties. Um, you know, I, Xavier Woods a little banged up. Jordan Lewis obviously is going to be on the IR as well. It just really feels like the secondary, which is already the weak spot of this team. No, Lewis, is, ain't, Lewis isn't going to start oh, out on IR. Oh, I'm sorry. Lewis, he's not, yeah. He's, yeah. And actually, you know, Jordan Lewis was at that at the uh, night practice. Uh, oh, this will be uh, two Sunday nights ago. And he was wearing a walking boot. And so I was like, well, that might not be good. Um, but I saw him at practice this past Thursday and the boot was off and he was walking around fine. So I don't know, you know, I don't know if he's going to play a ton in week one. Um, but yeah, he won't be, he won't miss the first three weeks. He might miss the first game, but, but Lewis, uh, I think is going to avoid that. Well, I knew he had missed, you know, time uh, for a while at camp. Uh, obviously it's hard to get, you know, a lot of specific updates on, you know, who's out there because of the Cowboys' new policy on kind of uh, being tight-lipped about things. But, man, I, I just you look at it and go, if Xavier Woods is banged up, we could be talking about a catastrophe on Sunday night if the secondary is not, not in I don't know. KT, they're so loaded at safety, though, you know? What do you guys think about no ha-ha anymore, KT? Any got thoughts on I mean, on I, ha-ha I being thought let it go? Was, yeah, Bye-bye, I thought ha-ha. It, I thought it was weird that he was brought in in the first place, given that in the year McCarthy got fired at Green Bay, they traded him. And the Packers were trying to keep their head above water and go make the playoffs at the time. They traded him for a mid to late round pick. Uh, They traded him to Washington. And I was like, okay, what's going on there? Their defense is not great. And they're getting rid of a safety. It's like he was like a huge impact player, but he was a starter for them. And they're just like, okay, fire sale? What's happening? And McCarthy ends up getting fired. So I said, to girl, normally a head coach who might be in his last year and things aren't great is not just going to let the front office, especially in a situation in Green Bay where McCarthy had a lot of say, is not just going to let them give away, uh, you know, ha Clinton Dix for a future pick to rebuild. And he let that happen. So I always got the vibes that, 
you know, haha, Clinton Dix being here was not really a McCarthy thing. And then, you know, it's Will McClay or it's Steven or whoever it is. And it was cheap. The cheap signing, it ends up costing you two and a half million dollars that you're throwing away. I, I just don't think haha, Clinton Dix is a very good player. So I was never like terribly thrilled about him being here. Now, is he better than Darian Thompson? Yeah, maybe we can have that conversation down the road and see. Let, let's give poor Darian Thompson a chance to play first, right? But like, I, I always thought it was a little peculiar that Haha Clinton Dix was even here in the first place. Yeah, I think I think you know the people that are like that have the shock value of of Haha Clinton Dix getting cut or something are just kind of looking at the draft tag and looking at oh former first round pick and things like that, but. Like you said, anybody that's watched football the last few years, I mean, there's a reason this guy's bounced around. And it's nothing It's nothing like, you know, uh, against him personally or anything like that. He just hasn't been very good recently. And so, um, you know, McCarthy talked about it, you know, uh, about how, like, that was a little difficult given their history and together and things like that to part ways with him. But like you said, just not a very good football player. And the Cowboys, uh, both Mike Nolan and Mike McCarthy, both, uh, talk about like this great camp that Darian Thompson has had, which you know John can speak more about because because he was there for that. But um, apparently, like you know, I know last year Donvin Wilson was the training camp darling, and uh, nothing really came of that. And so I'm curious to see what happens with Darian Thompson because you know he's going to get the opportunity at least. I was a little surprised about Haha getting cut, and it really had nothing to do with Haha at all. It had to do with just such a low bar of what they have at safety right now. Yeah. I mean, you can put safety up. <laughs> Their safety position has got to be in the conversation of one of the weakest positions in the entire NFL. And it's funny because, like, you know, even Stephen Jones, when he'll do radio interviews, like, he doesn't even hide it. He'll be like, hey, we haven't put any resources in there. Everybody knows that we haven't really spent any high draft picks. We haven't really signed anybody in free agency. It's, like, just known that, hey, you know, this is just a position that we don't really spend on, and we haven't up to this point. And so that's why when you see a ha-ha Clinton Dix, you know, you're just like, whoa. This guy's gotten interceptions before in NFL games. And this has got to be an upgrade on the back end. But um, Xavier Woods getting injured on top of that at the Sunday scrimmage practice podcast thing that they aired on TV. Um, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that that hurts because yeah. Xavier at 100% is your best bet on that back end. So I'm just kind of sitting here like, you know, we've heard all this talk, all training camp about how – disguising they're doing on the defense well if they if they if they get good safety play hats off to mike nolan his disguises are amazing because i don't know i the nfl and 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 elite college football i've watched in my life the good quarterbacks they're gonna go find those guys and they're gonna go target them and they're gonna throw at them all day long they're gonna find the weakness in your secondary and uh i don't know it's just like even adding up Brandon Carr, who is a guy that is mostly played corner, even though he did play safety last year for a certain part of the season. Like, I don't know that that just fixes all of your problems there. So uh, I don't know what they're going to do, but you know, they obviously had a chance to draft Juan Thornhill and several other safeties. They didn't take that chance. Um, Earl Thomas is obviously out there. They're not interested at this point. Um, So it just doesn't seem like the safety position is going to get significantly better anytime soon. And on one hand, like it is a bit refreshing that you have a guy that uh, in Mike Nolan who appears to be the type who's going to go out of his way to try to create these matchups defensively to where his guys aren't hanging out to dry, rather than the well, it's a bit of a mismatch, but we'll just play our defense. We'll do what we do. Like it is a, a you know that's a good thing I think, but yeah, I, I'm I don't really like the whole thing that we've heard for three years with Cheeto, where just randomly it'll get echoed. Across the room, well, Cheeto can play safety. Oh, he can, uh, you know. And then, and then I don't like the Reggie Robinson news. Reggie Robinson to me is a really good developmental corner, a guy who, if Anthony Brown is not here next year, or if Jordan Lewis is not here next year, or if Cheeto is not here next year, I actually had pretty good faith in Reggie Robinson being able to go play outside corner for them next year. A guy you drafted, a guy you worked with, and I don't like the idea that they're talking about moving him to safety. Is uh, is Jamil Shower still hanging around on the practice squad somewhere? <laughs> I'm going to go call him and see if he's available. Um, real quick note on Reggie Robinson and Cheeto. Robinson, i seen him play, I think training camp's over, so I can say this. Maybe I can't, but he's played way more safety in practice than he did corner. And Mike McCarthy was on Sirius XM NFL radio, a part of their like kind of season kickoff thing where they had McCarthy, Stephen Jones, and Dak on last Friday night. And Mike McCarthy said that Cheeto was getting work 
at safety. We never saw him getting work at safety, but he said, so that might've been over the weekend or, or on, on one of the days that we weren't out there, but he said he got more work at safety. So that sounds like a real possibility there. Um, my, my issue there is that, okay, so then what does that do to corner? Uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs looks like he can be a pretty good corner. I don't know if that's going to be week one, two, and three. I think that maybe he needs a little time to develop into that. Jordan Lewis is de- dealing with an injury. So that leaves you with Anthony Brown and Daryl Worley. Like, I just don't think that they're, you know, if they would have, dra- if they would have kept Byron Jones and drafted Trayvon Diggs, I would have been like, yeah, you can afford to move a corner back there. Somebody that's like, it's not like that they're super strong at corner where you're just like, oh, we just have this like plethora of talent. Like they do at wide receiver where they were like, yeah, we'll use one of these wide receivers as a running back. Cause we have so many good wide receivers. That's not the situation at corner that like, they need good corner play, uh, maybe even more than they need good safety play. So I don't know if moving Cheeto is the best move. I, I, to me, it's just, uh, it's a little confounding that we're still here. And I look, I know, look, all the, we got to do this for a minute. Just let me do this for a minute. I know I'm sure all the beat reporters, I bet you guys are, are probably not happy with me and what I did Friday morning when I dangled out some tweets. Actually, I don't think many people thought. I don't follow you, so I don't know what you're talking about. Thank you. And you jerk. shouldn't follow me. I blocked uh, you, actually, Derek. Um, but like, uh, you know, actually, it didn't get a, a terrible amount of steam. Although uh, I think Mike Fisher just uh, had something a minute ago where he said um, something about a silly report. And I was like, wait, it's silly to think that the Cowboys would be interested in Earl Thomas. Is that, that's a silly thing. Okay. Uh, Mike has a way with words. Yeah, I know. You get get used to it after a while. Oh, I know. I've worked with Mike for years. I had to sleep in a same uh, crappy hotel with him. Uh, I'm telling you, the fan is not exactly investing in uh, high end hotel rooms when you go to Oxnard. (laughs) How many fact, days was this? Can we find a half star no, 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 hotel? No, 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 no. Let's go back to this. How many? How many days are we talking? You and Mike Fisher shared a room. Thank God for Ben and Skin. They said, "KT, you're not staying here." And Ben and Skin and uh, me went to another hotel. And uh, Ben and Skin foot the bill. Those are good okay. dudes. Trust me. Well, they weren't enjoying their stay either. You know, I don't think it's a secret. Oh, and no one on the staff was. Um, Mike's gonna sh- be upset when he listens to this no on reason. the treadmill tomorrow. <laughs> hey, hey. I'm just saying it was weird to stay at a hotel in Oxnard where there were people in a parking lot like watching and there appeared to be a drug deal going on. Meanwhile, if you, uh, oh, one guy had bed bugs. Um, one lady got the evicted. Motel 6? Where were you at? Worse. I'll tell, I'll tell you later. I don't want to kill the company. You were at the worst in the Motel 6? Oh, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with Motel 6 I- if you guys want to sponsor <laughs> with us. I'll text you. I'll text you because one of the guys on the staff went and wrote a review of the place still while we were there. Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, the point is, the Earl Thomas thing, it does make sense because I think there are a lot of people confused about, uh, at least on my Twitter feed, confused about how you can sign a veteran after week one and then you could cut him without ramifications. I don't know what Stephen, Will, Mike McCarthy think about Earl Thomas. I think I know how Jerry feels about it, personally. I think I know that. But... They may have, they're at least having conversations or have had conversations. I don't think they've ruled that out yet. And I just think we could be looking at a night on Sunday night where the Rams, who threw the ball more than any team in the league last year, despite having a bad offensive line, if Xavier Woods doesn't play, I mean, Xavier Woods is a guy we've been talking about. Hey, solid player, need to see if he can make a jump. We're counting on him to be the best player in the secondary, like to get this thing started. And we are. Calling them Super Bowl contenders? Like, I, I don't think a lot of Super Bowl contenders have big-time question marks like that team does in that specific position group. You know, it's just it's just an odd thing to me. Like, I don't, the 49ers, they may have a couple questions. You may have a couple questions about uh, the Saints. Um, but I don't think they have a glaring weakness like the Cowboys do in their secondary. I guess what I'm saying. I guess I'm trying to tell you is I, I want to take the Cowboys serious and then we're kind of farting around with this position group. It doesn't tell me that there's a there's an urgency. It just tells me we're going to see what we can do. We're going to get through it, and there we go. Yeah, but hey, you know, to to your point, KT, uh, I'll say. Remember, this was a couple years ago when they thought they could go into the season and ride it out with no number one wide receiver, and then you yeah. know when it hit the fan. Like you saw what happened, like and, and I remember that day, and I'm sure John does too. Like after the game, Jerry always talks. He didn't talk that day, and then the next thing you know, like two days later, Amari Cooper's a Dallas Cowboy. So 
um, you know, I, I'm not, you're right. Uh, you can't rule it out because once these things actually come to fruition and this stuff actually starts happening, um, you know, th they thought they could go with a, without a number one wide receiver. Obviously that didn't work. And right now they think they can keep playing with this safety position and, uh, and, and not invest in it. And look, it's all fine until games start being played and 500 yard games start being had by the opposing quarterback. And then at that point, you start needing to address things. And that's where the conversation comes. If then not, if they're going to get Earl Thomas, it's like, all right, Sean Davis got cut. Um, you know, Brandon Carr, they just brought in Earl Thomas. Like then it's the, about the options. But I'm with you. I don't think you can rule it out. No, they're going to have to be the Houston Rockets. Like they're going to have to score a lot. I mean, there's no question that. The, but their their equalizer could be that if the pass rush is what it's supposed to be, then yeah, maybe you give up some of these big plays in the back end, but then maybe you also cause some big plays and and you steal possession here or there. So basically, what this is all doing is it just it just you know it kind of lessens the margin for error on offense. Like you can't turn the ball over, and you better score over thirty points a game because that's what it's going to take. Because we're not going to really be shutting teams down on defense. You know, we're going to be taking some gambles and things like that, and so. Uh, you know, that's just the way, that's the way it's going to have to be. I just, I mean, you look at what's out there at safety. It's like, uh, if it's not Earl Thomas, if they, all of a sudden I'm saying they got to a situation where like, we have to get somebody. What is that? What else is there? Eric Reed? Like, I don't, I don't see them. I, I've, I remember Eric Reed was a name mentioned before and they didn't seem very interested in him. And so there just isn't, really isn't a lot of options. If you all of a sudden in the middle of the season, you're sitting there going, we need to really upgrade this unless... You go the Amari Cooper route, and they're sitting there like, we have to get something at safety, and then they end up trading a draft pick for a veteran on another team who maybe isn't having that good of a year as a team, and they're willing to get some extra draft capital. But, uh, yeah, if, if Xavier Woods isn't, isn't healthy and, and playing his best football of his career, safety's a major issue. Yeah, and by the way, Sean Davis, like, you know, a guy like him gets cut. He's back with the Steelers now. Like, those guys don't. Those guys don't last. Like, if someone is still there as a free agent after week one, there's probably a reason that he's still available. Because, you know, those those quality guys that you can still turn to, like, they get cut and they get re-signed. So, you know, you, that's where, that's where you kind of have to weigh, like, you know, what are your options out there? And I'm with John, like, you know, uh, to take it more of like a of a different route the way like the Dallas Mavericks kind of do, where they can't land any free agents that they like or whatever. They have to just go keep trading. And, you know, is that what the Cowboys feel like they need to do if, if it comes to it where you just need to trade? I mean, we saw it happen last year with, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick and, and, and those kind of guys. But, um, yeah, I think that's going to be a desperation move if it comes to it because at the end of the day, they are in a Super Bowl window, so they have to make something happen. Well, and I think this is where I kind of, like, it, there is value to a guy not being around if he is problematic. And let's rule out the Baltimore thing. Whatever happened in Baltimore, let's rule that out. Let's talk about, though, some of the things about on the field where he was maybe playing for himself or maybe didn't acclimate to the Baltimore defense. You know, coaches, maybe Mike Nolan's going, look, I, Darian Thompson's going to do what I tell him to do. I trust that. I've, I've seen enough out of Darian Thompson right now that he's going to do what he's I, – I, I don't know what Earl's going to do. Earl could get here and wildcard it, and that ruins the whole defense because everyone's supposed to be – you know, doing their job. What I would want to throw in here, though, Mike McCarthy is a guy who in Green Bay lost many playoff games that he should have won because they, quite frankly, had a trash defense. They gave up 40 and 50 points. Aaron Rodgers has so many playoff losses on his ledger where he, where like he did his best. We scored 38 points. We didn't win because our defense sucks. Like, to me, I don't see McCarthy being a guy who's going to have a lot of patience for a month long or a two month long, like getting the you know, process and getting the secondary, you know, to be able to stop giving up points. And, you know, John makes a great point. The pass rush can help you here, can help you out a lot. But uh, I just, I, I just think about if I'm, if I'm serious about contending and look, by the way, I want to be real clear about this. I would, I would have no business signing Earl Thomas today. You sign Earl Thomas after week one, when you can cut him and have no ramifications. Quite frankly, that guy has more question marks than Darian Thompson does, right? You have questions about what is Darian Thompson? Well, Earl Thomas has a million question marks on the field, off the field, all of it, right? But he's a better player. And, hey, we're going to put the best players out there, right, Mike McCarthy? Yes, we are. Well, let's see if we can do that. We just have to wait till after week one, I think. 
Sorry, I, Earl Thomas rant over. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you want me to? Want do you think? Do you think ultimately he ends up here at some point? Is it like a? I don't think so. I, I think it probably would have happened right now if it was going to happen. Like to get him in here for week one, let him learn a little bit, get him on the team. Like if that now would be the window. You've, you know what you have. You've made your cuts. You say goodbye to haha, and you do that. I I I, can, I agree with your point earlier of. They probably liked him right when he was coming out of Seattle and that whole Jason Garrett thing was going on. They probably would have made the move if he was available at this, like yeah. at this in the same capacity. It probably does have something to do with the player he is now and kind of the circumstances of now. Yeah, but you never close the door or shut the window, however you want to put it, on anything involving Jerry Jones. So I would never say 100% no. Um, close the Airbnb. Yeah, you never close the Airbnb, like they say. Um, it's, uh, less than 5% chance I'd say, but it, it, as long as Jerry's around, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I, I mean, you lose a couple games, Jerry wants to spark something to, you know, do something on defense. All of a sudden, next thing you know, they're bringing him in. I mean, it, it kind of depends on what other team's interest is in him. Is he still sitting out there two, three weeks into the season and, you know, maybe whatever he's asking for comes down significantly. I don't know, but Knowing Jerry Jones, you just never say that it anything's completely no shot, you know. Another question, um, just while we're on the same topic uh, of of Baltimore and Cowboys and stuff, you surprised Des isn't signed yet now since Josh Gordon got picked up by the by the Seahawks when you know Des went over to uh, went over to Baltimore, worked out. We know Baltimore's loved Des for years. Um, did you think he'd end up on a team this year? I personally did not just because the Achilles is just such a tough thing. And mm. it's not like getting separation was his MO anyways, you know? So to me, I, I'm really not surprised. I, I just don't, without knowing how, how quickly Dez is moving, you know, just getting older and that injury is just so tough. Uh, I just didn't see there being a huge market for him, but, but I would love to see him get picked up by someone because I think the NFL is a better place when Des Bryant's in it. Yeah, I think I think with Des Bryant, I, I think no one was hyping up his return to the NFL more than he was. Um, yeah, but I think at the end of the day, there just wasn't there's just not a lot of steam for that kind of uh, wide receiver who you know, like like KT said, never really got separation anyways, and now is going to be even more limited. Older, coming off an Achilles, is just not there's just not a lot there. Yeah, and it's a position that it's really gone to the young man's game and you can draft wide receivers and these teams want to play these younger wide receivers. It indirectly kind of ties in with my feelings on Michael Gallup. I I really like Michael Gallup. He's a, he's a great dude and he's a very good player. He continues to improve, but I just have my questions about if they're going to be able to resign him because for the money he might want, I could see them being like, well, we already have CD lamb and Amari Cooper. We'll go draft another wide receiver. There's tons of wide receivers in the draft because these colleges are playing three, four, five wide receivers. So we can find a variety of guys and that's the type of investment you want to make because it's not anything significant. And if a guy, whatever doesn't work out, you can just cut them and you don't have, you're not tied to some big salary. And so receiver just, I don't know, every year I just feel like it becomes a younger and younger man's game, unless you're just like the elite of the elite. Like, you know, if you were at Des at what he was in like 2014, then it's a little bit different. But now, uh, the only way I see him getting signed is if there's like a, a team that, you know, has like Super Bowl aspirations into the season and they lose one of their top receivers and they need somebody to come in there and, you know, make, make some moves in the red zone and maybe be a guy that can, you know, use his size to his advantage and that maybe maybe somebody comes calling again, maybe the Saints, somebody like that. But uh, as of right now, I just feel like these teams are willing to go with maybe some of the, their younger guys. You know, like it's almost like the Michael Gallup story is the thing that might end up working against Michael Gallup when it comes to like getting a new contract with the Cowboys. Like we got a talent like you in the third round. <laughs> we didn't think you would still be there. We could probably do that again. And we saw it this year. They didn't think Trevon Diggs would be there in the second round and they got him. You know, like that happens every year. You might find a guy in round three or round four that you're like, oh, I can't believe that guy's still there. But uh, it does feel like that's a position where once you've kind of paid two guys or you've invested highly in two guys, I'll say with the draft pick with CD Lamb, you probably try to try to go cheaper. So I know Michael Gallup's probably a guy I would imagine is not here, you know, forever. But it's way too early to think about that stuff. Hey, look, I, is this too? If if this is too uh, lowest common denominator, low hanging fruit, I want you guys to Dikembe Mutombo this thing out to half court. But I do want to ask this question, and it kind of goes back to Earl. 
does does Jerry need a win? Because he just had the most silent offseason he's ever had. He had players on his team, new free agents, calling him out without even meeting him. <laughs> like, like, I kind of was, another thing I was kind of leaning towards on this whole Earl thing was like, at what point does Jerry get a win? At what point does Jerry say, shut up, Steven, I'm getting my player here. Because I don't think we've seen this since Greg Hardy, right? Like, and maybe Greg Hardy was all on board with, maybe Steven was all on board with Greg Hardy. But like, what is Jerry's win? Is it getting fans in the stadium? At some point, you have to let the the man who runs the thing win, right? And I think that's another argument I've got for Earl. Sorry, I yeah. keep going back but to no, Earl. But. I, I, I get that. I just, I get the sense that he's going to give Mike McCarthy every chance to have success, at least early on in the season, and he's not going to try and sabotage that, you know. Uh, for all the people that are very critical of the contract they gave Ezekiel Elliott, a big reason why they did that is because he was trying. Jerry Jones was trying to give Jason Garrett every chance to have success, and he knew that that would be in jeopardy if he didn't. If, if Ezekiel Elliott sits out Jason Garrett's final year of his contract, you know, or or doesn't come back until you know whatever four or five games in the season or something like that, he wanted to give him every chance to have success. And I think right now the new head coach and he really believes that Mike McCarthy you know, knows and, and has the ability to get this team to the next level. I think, I don't think, I think he's listening right now and he doesn't really want to do anything to, you know, you know, rub him the wrong way, I guess, because of him just starting out, especially not having a off season like you would typically have with a new head coach. I think he's going to give him, uh, you know, he's got skins on the wall. He's won a Super Bowl, Jerry, and Jerry listens to that. So because McCarthy, if, if McCarthy doesn't want a guy in the team right now, I don't see Jerry Edmund. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot like, like you said, KT, he's been kind of quiet throughout this offseason and everything. And some people kind of say it as like, you know, he may have like faded away or something. I don't really see it like that. I, I see it the way John just described where I think, you know, he's more like a turtle that's like gone back in his shell. But man, if things if things don't go right and if things start things start, you know, escalating to a different level, Jerry will come out and he'll still do um, you know, what oh, what, what Jerry does. Like he'll pop out of that Bravo Eugenia so fast. Make your head spin. I'll say this: he was he was really excited about the way the draft went this year too. Yeah, so they won really, the draft. I was, that's that's that what I was going to say the, earlier. Yeah, that that bought Mike McCarthy a, a lot of leeway. I would say just in the sense yeah. that it went so smooth, and in these tough circumstances, I think Jerry was just absolutely thrilled with that. And uh, he was he was pumped about the Mike McCarthy hire when they did it back in January. But I think even that, on top of it. And what he's seen from him so far is just bought Mike a lot of trust. And, uh, and again, that's why I just don't think if, if Mike McCarthy really wants Earl, Earl Thomas, then I think they go out and get him. But if Mike is kind of hesitant. Then I don't think Jerry's going to force some, a player on him, like, which obviously he's done in the past to other coaches. Before we move on, got to get in a little quick commercial break, but remember you can always listen to the show ad free on the athletic.com and on the athletic app. Fantasy football draft season is upon us, and due to quarantine, it's very possible that you might have Zeke's haircut in your pants. Yes, that's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure you don't gamble on shaving the same way like you gamble on football. You've heard us talk about Manscaped. You've heard us talk about that Lawnmower 3.0, the best hygiene tool for the modern man. It's waterproof. It's got a light on there. So you can take care of yourself, guys. Do it. You'll thank yourself. Manscaped has forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. Comes with that lawnmower, some performance boxer briefs, and that travel bag. Complimentary. So for a limited time, our subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag and the Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off with free shipping with code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's manscaped.com. Use code THEATHLETIC20. Get those two free gifts. Take care of yourselves, guys, with Manscaped. And now a word from our friends at Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy, and usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo, it's on me. Or we just avoid it altogether, like, I had a bad day at work, or I'm just not feeling it right now, I'm stressed. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation for ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan 
If it's medication, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Cowboys today. If you get approved, you get $15 off your first treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Cowboys today. Guys, talked about it earlier. Take care of yourselves. Dadgummit. GetRoman.com slash Cowboys. Do it. Literally. Let's do a couple predictions. Maybe throw a little throw a little bet on here. I feel like this podcast has more uh more bets on there though. I think we have too many bets. But uh in fact I would like to throw out this one and you guys can shoot it down before we before we play. Maybe we'll do some predictions like coach of the year and we'll just write it down. I'll storm away in a safe. Maybe we'll pick their divisions. Uh so the bet payoff is you have to dress up like a coyote and hang out on that 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 corner in Frisco where those coyote attacks happen in the morning. You just have to get um, sign spin for about the Cowboys sign spin or the athletic.com, you know, just kind of promote the company in a coyote costume. Okay. Oh, I like this. I thought, I thought you were going with something like you dress up like the bait and you go run out and get eaten by the coyote, like a bunny. You dress like a bunny and run out in coyote territory. No, no, I think you just have to get, like, when the people are, because that, that's a jogging community where those oh, okay. coyote well, attacks happen. okay, you're the coyote. I got you. Yeah, okay. so you're kind mm. of the coyote, but you're just sign-spinning for the athlete. <laughs> it's really a win-win uh, situation. I don't know. I still like the idea of creepy mustache in your Twitter profile pic with just randomly for, with no explanation. I would love to see John Machota's athletic, like, black and white certified headshot with just one day just has a mustache and it's never explained <laughs> and people just smiling at you and and I can photoshop one off off whatever serial killer you you choose and we'll <laughs> put it on there and I think that that's my favorite so far that that gets gonna, my vote I'm going to do it and I'm going to photoshop my head on You don't have to grow uh, a mustache Brandon. you don't have to shave anything into <laughs> it or anything it's going to be I'm just going to do the little mustache and I'm going to photoshop my head onto that Brandon Flowers from the Killers yeah, because he's like the only person I know that's like tried to pull that thing up. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. Let's, let's just go. keep doing the the hot sauce bet until John has to do it because mm. you know the, 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 the season schedule. Who knows what will happen with that? So we need as many qualifiers as we can. So let's add that to this. That's the punishment for this too. Is the the last dab? That'll be my punishment. Okay. Great. All right. So I'm uh, I'm writing this down right here. Let's start out with coach of the year. Coach of the Year predictions. You get a point for each one you get right, guys. Uh, we'll start with you, John. Uh, I'll go with Bill Belichick. I just think oh. he's going to have this roster that people are going to set the bar so low. Um, and I just he's the goat. He's the re- he's the biggest reason that they've won all those Super Bowls. And uh, you're going to see that this year. Uh, I think that the Patriots are going to surprise a lot of people. Man, I hate John because that's where I was going as well. Because and and and, and let me just say, I don't think it's necessarily because. Bill Belichick is going to be that great, but I think I think the bar is going to be set so low uh, that that Bill Belichick, whatever he does, is going to be looked at overachieving. But because John went with Belichick, I'm going to go a different direction. Um, I'm, I've been hyped about this team all off season. We'll see them at AT and T Stadium. Um, I can't wait to see what Cliff Kingsbury does uh, with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and, and I think, you know, that offense, obviously Kingsbury is all about the offense. So now with DeAndre Hopkins, you go to another level. Um, I think Kingsbury, the, the one thing that he has working against him is he's probably in the hardest division in football. So that sucks. But other than that, um, I think he could do some really good things with, uh, with Kyler taking the next step as well. Man, that's who I was going to pick was Cliff Kingsbury. So even though, so I will take one though. I, I I'm with you though. I'm really excited about the Cardinals. I, I think there's uh, some some little magic in the air with Kyler, and then adding Nuke to that. I think it's going to be great. Uh, I'm going to go with Sean McVay. And I know they kind of had a a down year last year. I'm really interested to see how he reinvents himself. I'm still a Jared Goff believer. Um, so the Rams are a team that I I really think um, are going to you know rebound and and. I don't know if I want to say a contender. I still I think the 49ers and Saints are, you know, kind of a, a step ahead of everyone. But I think the Rams are going to be a good team. So Sean McVay, uh, McVay is mine. Yeah, a couple of choices I'm thinking of here. One is Bruce Arians with with Tampa Bay. If Tampa Bay makes any kind of a run, just the team he's put together in this offseason and 
what he's been able to do at, at, at putting something together to compete for a championship would certainly get some consideration, I think. I'm going to go, this might sound a little homerish. I'm going to go with Mike McCarthy. All right. Um, I think the Cowboys win the division convincingly, make the playoffs, make a run, and, uh, you know, Dak Prescott's in an MVP conversation. I think Mike McCarthy will be in that conversation as well. Another one to look out for in my eyes would be Frank Reich, too, uh, over with the Colts. Um, he's been on the, been on the cusp. Uh, you know, obviously Andrew Luck retired last year out of nowhere and kind of ruined probably a lot of plans he had. But now Philip Rivers is in there, and hopefully it'll give him a little bit uh, more quarterback, and we'll see what they can do there. But that's another kind of dark horse for me, no pun intended, with the Colts um, and Frank Reich. All right, John Belichick, Saad Kingsbury. I took uh, Sean McVay, and Kent takes Mike McCarthy. Uh, let's do Rookie of the Year real quick. Uh, I'll start this one out, guys, and then I'll let you guys have at it. Uh, I think it's just the perfect fit. I think it's almost damn it. It's it's almost unfair. You can That's say why it I too. wanted to go first because I already knew who you were going to. Well, it. you can say it. You can. We can pick the same one. It's fine. Okay, go ahead then. Oh, it's or do you Clyde. want me to say who I think you're saying? Yeah, it's Clyde, right? The Clyde Edwards Hilaire, for sure. It's not yeah. even close. Great, great fit. But yeah, go on. You can have him. I'll go. No, I'll, I'll take. No, CD we can Lamb. both. T- we can both take Clyde. No, it's not that fun that way. All right, fine. I'll take Clyde then. All right. You're taking CD Lamb. Yeah. What about uh, what about Side and Kent? All right, so I'm gonna go. I, like I think Clyde's a great a great pick. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Tua. I think Tua will be in there Ooh. by week four or five. And uh, and you know we were talking about coach of the year. Uh, Brian Flores and what he's doing, I think is, 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 you know, he's, he'll probably be in the coach of the year conversation in a couple of years, but, um, I think he's doing a good job. And I think, you know, if Tua, if Tua is as advertised, which I think he will be, um, I, I think he has a pretty good chance. All right. Well. What about you, Kent? Yeah, I'm going to go with maybe the easiest choice here. Joe Burrow. I think he just, you know, goes in there and solid. Does a really good job and makes Cincinnati oh, oh solid, solid, somewhat com- oh solid, solid. Uh, shout out to Rod Marinelli, <laughs> and and yeah, just is what you expect, which is the number one overall pick, franchise quarterback. So I'm gonna go with with Joe Burrow, but Edwards Hilaire is certainly gonna make some flashy plays. That's a good that's a good call. I took him first because I thought everyone could uh, could pick that him too if they wanted to. Also, I will say Zach Taylor. Maybe a coach of the year type candidate if the Bengals happen to go string mm. together seven games or something. Also, sleeper pick for rookie of the year, Antonio Gibson of Washington. He's gonna get the ball so much. Um okay, let's start with the NFC East. My question is hey, do real all quick. four Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, let's sir. do one other uh, player one because I think there's a lot of good options for this. Love it. Uh let's do NFL comeback player of the year. And here, just so because I, I know that we didn't Whatever. I'm just going to throw out some names so that there's a bunch that we know. But like, okay. I just think that there's so many good options like uh, Alden Smith, Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Alex Smith, Cam Newton, um, uh, JJ Watt, Gronk. Um, Gronk. I know I'm forgetting somebody else. Uh, hold on. Oh, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Todd uh, Gurley, yeah. Baker Mayfield. Uh, Odell Beckham isn't he in that mix too? Maybe or no? I mean, he just kind of got hurt, I guess. Yeah. But Jameis Winston. No, I'm just joking. Okay, we're done. Go on. Uh, you can go first. Well, maybe. Do you want to go? Are you going to uh, go first, Katie? No, you go first. Go ahead. Oh well, I'm sticking with the Belichick thing. I'm taking Cam Newton. Like I really, All right. I, I know this is going to blow up in my face, and I'm going to want to eat in the hot sauce or whatever because the Patriots have had way too many players opt out because of COVID to, for me to be like, oh they're probably playing the tank, but it just like, I don't know. There's part of me that just like thinks that that Cam Newton, Bill Belichick thing could, could click and just make some people look foolish just because they didn't really pay anything to him. And it just would be such a Belichick thing to do. So I'm going Cam. I'm going to go, I I think I'm going to go with Tom Brady. And, you know, I think because a lot of people kind of, you know, said that he was done last year, all that stuff. People forget, man, he didn't have a lot of help around him. Um, and not, not a ton of quality help. You saw the whole Antonio Brown saga play out the way it did. He lost his starting center the week before the season to blood clots, uh, and all that stuff. So he was, he was dealing with a lot of stuff on the skill positions and the offensive line. So 
Um, now with you got Godwin, you got Evans, you got Gronk, OJ Howard, Bruce Arians. Uh, you just signed Leonard Fournette. You just you have Ronald Jones. All, you have all these different guys. Um, and I think you know I, I would say Gronk, but I don't think Gronk's going to get enough to warrant that because of all the other weapons I just mentioned. But I think Brady, um, with the perception that he was washed, is going to be able to do it. Well, look, I, I'm going to keep this one at home because I think it, it's a hell of a story. It's I'm going to go with Alden Smith just a, after five years out of the league, and I think it would only take you know five or six sacks and just to kind of the Cowboys being good and in the news and just kind of being an effective player on defense, being a you know, I don't know if you, and this defense being a starter might not mean much because there may be a lot of rotations, but just being an effective player on this team. Maybe having in a different role, but just kind of maybe the same way Rolando McClain was kind of out of nowhere back in 2016. I think would get a lot of hype. So I'm going to go with Alden Smith. You know where I thought you were going, KT, with this. It's where I'm going with it. You know, the NFL loves a good story. I'm going to go with Alex Smith. Um, with what happened with him, if he can make any kind of a comeback on the field into a good quarterback again. You know, that'll probably turn some heads. So I'm going with Alex Smith. It's my pick. It's interesting with Alex Smith. Like, I almost wonder if he even has to play to be in the consideration for comeback player of the year. Like, because of just how severe the injury was and how (laughs) crazy it was. Like, he might just get consideration just for making the roster and being on a roster. Um, So that's actually a really good pick. All right, let's go to uh, the division. Let's start with the NFC East. Do all four of us think the Cowboys are going to win the division? Yes. Yes. At the risk I mean, of I do, but, but I mean, like, if this is going to improve my chance of not eating this chip, I mean, I'll take the Eagles, but... No, uh, you, if you go with us, sorry. we all lose, then... That's true. Okay, Cowboys, yeah, it. for sure. 16-0, and 0, here we go. All right. Uh, NFC West, we'll start with you, Kent. Oh, man, this one's tough. It's very competitive. I was just listening to the athletic football show the other day, Robert Mays and guests talking about this, Mike Sando. Um, this is a very, very good division in terms of strength of the teams compared to the NFC East, especially. Uh, I'm going to go with Seattle. Woo! Woo! All right. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's not that crazy. It's not that crazy. They're pretty good. They got Russell Wilson. You're acting like so it's I like... didn't pick Arizona. That would have been yeah, hotter, I, I think. I think that's where we're all going. It's Arizona. It's the clear one right here, right? No. Right. Absolutely. Um, I pay the 49ers. I, I just yeah. think that team, man, I, and I even, I kind of lampooned uh, the 49ers when they named G- John Lynch the general manager because I didn't really think he was that great as a color analyst on TV. Um, he just said a lot of obvious things. And I was like, man, this guy really knows how to put together a roster. He's done an excellent job. So uh, I, I believe in Kyle Shanahan. I think they're, I think they're really tough. They're offensively and defensively. They find so many ways to beat you offensively and defensively. They're just so loaded. So, I, uh, yeah, 49ers for me. Uh, let's go to Saad. Yeah, well, Kyle Shanahan's a good pick as long as it's not in the last 10 minutes of the Super Bowl. So, yeah, um, you true. know, so you're picking. Yeah, I mean, look, this is a tough division. This division last year was literally decided by one yard, and so, yeah. uh, and so, I'm gonna take the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Jamal Adams trade kind of puts them over the top for me. I disrespected the 49ers all of last year and didn't believe in them, so I guess I'll jump on the bandwagon now and go with the Niners. Uh, one thing that does surprise me about them is like they've built up so much talent, and it's such an impressive roster, especially in defense. And it just it it, it kind of stuns me because. I just go back to that 2017 draft when they had, I, I think it was the three pick when they took Solomon Thomas, maybe it was two. And then, in, and then at the top of the second round, they took Ruben Foster. And at the time I'm like, Oh, you know, these are going to be key picks to, you know, with what this team did. And like, neither of them have like Ruben Foster's not even with them anymore. And Solomon Thomas is, he's solid, but he's not like anybody that, you know, you thought that you would take at you know, the top five of the draft and it didn't matter. Like they're still, they're still loaded, and and for any Cowboys fan that, uh, um, yeah, you probably don't want to hear this, but like, what Bosa's done there, like I can see, I can see that Washington defensive line eventually getting on that level because when you're bad for so long, and you get all those high draft picks, and at certain spots like that, and they've been very fortunate. I mean, uh, I just 
I, I don't I know that organization has run very poorly, arguably the worst in the league. But like if Washington makes a couple of the right moves, Washington could turn that thing around real quick with Ron Rivera, especially with that defensive line. I agree so much. And that move that, that San Francisco made just to get rid of DeForest Buckner is a great player trading to the Colts. And right, Colts, right, you yeah. can sign him for all that money. We'll take the 14th pick in the draft. Yeah. Uh, so uh, NFC North, uh, let's start with you, John. Oh, well, obviously the Lions. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can't. I, I got to go with the Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers to me, I, I think I might even overvalue Aaron Rodgers at this point. I just, I just think that, you know, I know that they're not going out of their way to help him, uh, but no, it's hard not. for me. It's hard for me to 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 bet against him, and so uh, uh, yeah, I'm going Packers. All right, Kent. Just another division. I think this is pretty evenly matched across the board. This reminds me of the NFC East, where every team is be eight and eight, and whoever's nine and seven might get in. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Minnesota, though. Um, I think above all, they have, they have great coaching. And that'll that'll get it done. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm going to take Green Bay just because, like John said, Aaron Rodgers is 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 still the guy in that division. The Bears don't have a quarterback, and and so you know I think they're kind of eliminated. But then I do think it's a three team race because Stafford is going to be really good this year. Um, I, I believe so. Um, but I'll, I'll still take uh, I'll still take Green Bay to win it at least for another two years. I'd say. It's really interesting to me that the Packers took a skill player in the first round in Aaron Rodgers in 2005 and they did not take a skill player in the draft in the first round until 2020 in which they took Jordan Love who is now their third quarterback behind Tim Boyle any Tim Boyle fans out there no there's not uh the Packers have a lot of holes man they have terrible linebacker core on their inside inside linebackers their defensive line is hurt their right tackle Brian Belaga just went to the Chargers I'm picking the Vikings based on what the Packers lost, their regression heading towards them as they won so many one-score games last year. And I think with Minnesota, Dalvin Cook, uh, if he's healthy, can really change everything they do offensively and open up things for Thielen. And they, I like what, how they replaced Stephon Diggs by drafting Justin Jefferson. I mean, and then oh, and no one's really talking about it after we got Everson Griffin here in Dallas to go get in Guacway. From Jacksonville, like Minnesota's made some pretty good power moves to strengthen that defense as well. Uh, I'm picking the Vikings to win uh, a very tight division there in the North. Let's go to the South. We'll start with you, Sod. You know, I think New Orleans is probably the easy choice, and then it comes down to what what Brady's going to look like. I'm actually going to go with Tampa Bay, though. I think Brady, like you know, I picked Brady to be the comeback player of the year. I think. Uh, Tom Brady's going to have a big year, and uh, I think Tampa Bay and New Orleans will be neck and neck, but Tampa Bay will edge them out. I'm taking New Orleans um, for yeah, for obvious reasons. I think I'm taking New Orleans. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, Saints. Saints are the most complete team. Give me the Saints. Carolina Panthers Whoa! might lose all 16 games. I'm going with the Saints. Sorry. There's another side bet right there. How many games are the Panthers <laughs> win? We'll talk that about that off the air. Uh, let's go to the AFC. Everyone's favorite division is uh, not the AFC East. Um, so uh, let's talk about the AFC. I'm picking Buffalo, dudes. I'm picking Buffalo. It seems weird. Uh, and I want to shout out my buddy from the Kimball Show, Jesse Kubinett, big Buffalo Bills fan. So uh, I'm picking the Bills. Uh, adding Stephon Diggs to the mix. They've done enough to play cold weather football as well with Zach Moss from Utah to kind of sprinkle him in there with a little thunder lightning package with Devin Singletary. I kind of like what Buffalo's building up there, to be honest. So I'm going with the Bills. Let's go to John. Yeah, I'll go Bills too. Um, I think the Patriots end up being a wild card team, but uh, I think the Bills are just, it's, it's eventually someone has to overtake that division uh, at least for a year. And it just seems like they're set up the best to, to have success there eventually. And, uh, and it just, I think New England's going to be good. I don't think that New England's going to, you know, be what they have been in the past and go to a Super Bowl or anything like that. But I think this is finally the year that somebody else finally beats them. And then I think New England makes some changes in the off season and then they get back to being New England of before. But yeah, I like bills. All right. Kent Garrison. Oh, 
Saad, are you gonna are you gonna be the risk taker here? I am. Uh, I pick. You know, I picked Tua to be my to to be my guy for rookie of the year, and so I'm gonna take the Miami Dolphins. I think. You know, if if Tua plays well, there's no reason that they can't. Yeah, it's automatic so, uh, loss I'm for the season. With, you have to uh, automatically lose Dolphins. everything. If Tua doesn't play and Fitzpatrick leads him, he doesn't get he doesn't get a right pick for that. Then it doesn't that doesn't count. <laughs> Tua has to lead. That's just the way it is. That's just that's how we do things here. I will take that risk because I just can't I can't imagine in today's era where quarterbacks don't get the luxury of sitting behind uh you know starters unless you know you have an Aaron Rodgers Jordan Love situation. Um I can't imagine that the Dolphins are going to have much of a leash for uh for uh you know Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I think Tua, you know, maybe he doesn't play all year but you know I think by week 5 or 6 he'll be in there. Uh does anyone want to go against the grain in the AFC West or are we all taking the Chiefs? No, give me the Chiefs. Who's gonna be the Who's gonna be the second best team though? Between the Broncos, yeah, that, that Raiders, should... and Chargers, because that's where it's gonna. Give me the Raiders. Give me... Jason Witten's there. The Jason Jason give me the Broncos. Raiders. Give me the Broncos. They're in Las Vegas. Party. That sounds like no. That wouldn't help. That would get you COVID. So no. Uh no. They're gonna bubble up. And they're going to stay away from the strip, and they're going to be the second best team uh, in their first year in Las Vegas. I have no Latest. idea what to make out of the Broncos with Drew Lockett quarterback. That is a, that's just a, it feels like the most coin flip uh, quarterback situation in the entire league. Uh, so I have the Raiders finishing second there. Uh, I, and I'm not a huge Tyrod Taylor fan uh, to go in and keep that thing afloat with the Chargers. I've just never thought he was that great. Oh, I'm sure he's a great guy. Uh, I always thought he was uh, people overrated him, you know. Just uh, well, apparently people still allow Ryan Fitzpatrick to play quarterback in the NFL, though. Like, how is that happening still? But it is. It's magic. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take Tyrod Taylor over Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the Chargers. You know, let's think maybe they throw Justin Herbert in there and he has some growing pains. So uh AFC North. Are we all on the Raven train again? Does anyone wanna wanna get off the train and go see what the Browns are gonna have that one year everyone's been talking about forever? No? No. No. Everyone's taking the Ravens. Yeah, I think the Browns can maybe put up a wild card fight, you know, if if they have a really good year, but no way they win the division. All right, AFC South, always fun. We'll start with Kent this time, AFC South. Yeah, this one's going to be competitive too. I, th- I think three of the four teams are going to be in playoff contention. Who's going to come out on top though? I think it's probably going to be Tennessee uh, just because I think, you know, when you look at, at uh, Houston, yeah, they have Deshaun Watson, but what else do they have really around him? So it might be put the team on his back situation there. I think Indianapolis is going to be better, uh, so maybe they're a wild card situation. But I think uh, Tennessee is probably the most complete team. I, I, I look to see them building on what they did last year. So give me Tennessee. All right, let's go to you, John. Jacksonville might also lose. Oh all six man, games. another psych got so, me, dude. Got so me. I too am going with. You know, I hate to make this pick on just two moves, but really. If te- if the Texans don't trade DeAndre Hopkins, I'm probably yeah, going Texans. Yeah, same. And then the other thing is with Tennessee, like I really believed like last year's Tennessee team was this like, that's cute. That's a one-year story. You're not going to be able to, you know, keep that going that the way that you guys won that way. It just is so not like the rest of the league. But then they go get clowny, and I'm yeah. kind of like, Dude, all right, huge. it's tough not to believe in them. Uh, so, yeah, I got to go Tennessee. All right. What about you, Saad? Yeah, I'm gonna go Tennessee as well. I kind of see Ryan. I, I I see Ryan Tannehill as kind of like the new Alex Smith. Um, you know, kind of like you know he's not flashy and great or anything like that, but he's good enough to get the job done. Um, and he doesn't have anyone on his heels, so I'll take Ryan Tannehill. Well, I'm gonna do something a little different, guys, and I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. Ooh, to go ahead and sneak out this one, ooh. and I think it's gonna be close. I think it's a, a very tight division. Uh, you're going to see this team with Phillip Rivers try to run the ball and play a cold-weather style in the RCA Dome uh, with Jonathan Taylor in the mix. They're going to throw it to Marlon Mack. You get Naheem Hines involved. RCA I Dome. Do think, 
Yeah, in that uh, in that, what that place Oil. is called now. Oh, it's Lucas Oil. Yeah, Our, it used to be that was the a RCA, while. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with the name changes happening. Um, I do love the. I, if you're gonna go and pay for a big name guy, the Forrest Buckner is not a bad guy to have. Mm. To, Joey stand in the middle of their defensive line. They've got a good roster top to bottom with uh, Chris Bauer at GM. I'm taking the Colts, but, man, I do think it's tight. The thing with Houston that does bum me out about them or or bother me about them is that they're basically like, look, we think Will Fuller is the number one wide receiver. And I'm like, look, I think Will Fuller is going to play eight games every year. Like, he gets hurt. It's just what he is. It's fine. He's a great player. And I don't know if Randall Cobb is going to be enough to come in there and, like, facilitate the loss of DeAndre Hopkins. So, uh, fun division, actually. Uh, weirdly, it's uh, sometimes I kind of roll my eyes at that division. That's actually kind of a fun division this year. So there it is. Those are our 11 picks. Uh, all eight divisions, coach, rookie, and comeback player of the year. And at the end We're not of the doing year, Super Bowl? Oh, Super Bowl? Yeah, let's do Super Bowl. Super Why Bowl not? winner. Super Bowl winner. Okay, good one. To make it 12. Super Bowl winner. Um, let's start with Saad. Man, I hate to go with just the easy one, but it's so hard to to pick against Pat Mahomes when he's playing this good. Um, I, I I'm just gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think I think they have they become the first team to repeat since the Patriots did back in uh, 03, 04. So um, yeah, Chiefs. Chiefs. Let's go to Kent. We're only picking the winner. We're not picking the two teams. Uh, I'll go with Chiefs. Yeah, same. That's it. That's the safest pick, and I don't want to do a last dab. I don't don't have to. So there we go. Who do you have them playing? Oh, man. The NFC is going to be a lot more competitive than the AFC, I feel like. I feel like um, Chiefs might have a lot easier time this year than they did last year getting there. Um, Man. Maybe Seattle. Seattle, okay. Uh, Saad, who did you have Kansas City playing in the Super Bowl? Um, Seattle. There you go. Woo. Let's go to John. Yeah, I'm going to have the Saints in the Super Bowl, but I have them losing to Kansas City. Um, I will say, though, this report that came out today about how there was almost the Jade Evian Clowney like sign in trade, I think, with might have been Jacksonville, uh, and then he would have went to the Ravens. If Jade Evian Clowney would have went to the Ravens, that would have been my pick to win the Super Bowl. But with the way everything sits right now, uh, it's just so tough to go against Kansas City. And I just, I just, I think that you have a huge advantage when you are New Orleans and Kansas City, when you have these rosters filled with veterans that you've already had success. If any teams are going to benefit from not having the typical offseason, I feel it's like it's going to be teams like that. So I'll go with those. I'll go with the Saints losing to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. All right. I'm going Baltimore, New Orleans, and I'm taking Baltimore to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Lamar Jackson's about to go tear it up again. Imagine that. Baltimore, New Orleans. Uh, I love what they did with J.K. Dobbins. I mean, they're going to play some old-style football a little bit. They're going to run it a ton, but they can throw it to him as well. Dobbins is a good uh, back to supplement that offense with what you already have with Mark Ingram and some of the speed guys they have outside. Uh, And I really feel like Lamar Jackson, if he gets that one playoff win, that'll get him over the hump, and that could propel him all the way to a Super Bowl. That's why I'm saying, like, if they would have got Clowney, man, I was all on the Ravens too. Like, you know, John Harbaugh, I think he's a great coach. Again, like have tons of respect for that organization, which obviously, like you guys, two of you guys pick in Seattle, another great organization. Obviously, it doesn't speak well to Earl Thomas. That didn't work out with those two places. But anyway, um, yeah, the Ravens, that's a good pick. All right. And, uh, and the next one, we'll have some side bets. Uh, maybe I'll get the text going uh, with you guys. Number of weeks into the season until there are reports about uh, the Giants fans not happy with uh, Jason Garrett and the offense. Four? Five? Three. Unfair, low blow. Sorry, Jason's a number guy. number of weeks until take- Jason Garrett's on the cover of the New York Post. That's what the bet should be. Oh, dude, as long as it's that photo of him on that train that John took, or John <laughs> didn't take, John found, I guess. No, 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 no. Oh no, John took. Let's it? stick with John that story. That's a better story. Did you take um, it? I just think the bar's so low there right now. No, I'll, I'll no, no Judge is there, so there's too many puns with Judge. So it's going to be like Judgment Day. Yeah. And the bar is just too yeah. low on the expectations there. And I mean, I think the only way that they would ridicule him right off the bat is if he wasn't using Saquon enough. And we've seen that's going to be not the problem there. He might run Saquon into the ground, if anything. So 
Uh, I just, I, nah, I think that they'll be fine. And, and yeah, no, he'll be fine the first year. I don't think that there's just real expectations for, for the Giants, you know? Yeah, and to be honest with you, with Jason Garrett, I mean, we've talked a lot about him as a head coach here, but as a as a member, he got the job as a head coach because of his job as a coordinator, and, and he's not he's not bad. I mean, Dak had a really good relationship with him. Tony Romo had a really good relationship with him, and then so I think he's going to be good for Daniel Jones as a young uh, as a young quarterback. All right, well, we'll be back later in the week as we preview you guys the Cowboys and Rams Sunday night game, week one. Lots to talk about on the Cowboys end, some injuries. Uh, just looking forward to a new season. Will C.D. Lamb return punts? That could be interesting. We'll talk about that uh, as we get ready for Cowboys and Rams. Uh, get you a good look at what's going on with the Rams and uh, what the Cowboys can expect from Sean McVay's uh, offense in year three of his head coaching tenure. Uh, so, hey guys, we made it. Congratulations and happy football. For Kent Garrison, our producer. For Saad Youssef, make sure you cover Saad Star's work as well as he's kind of covering everything as he always does. He's a beast. For Father John Machoda, out there on the Earl Thomas beat for me. I'm Kevin KT Turner. We'll see you next week. We'll get you ready for Cowboys Rams on the next episode of About Them Cowboys. <laughs>